Welcome to This Week in California Education. I'm Lewis Friedberg. And I'm John Fensterwald. Well, John, this week there was some speculation that Education Secretary Betsy DeVos was cooking up a plan to allow schools to spend federal funds on Army teachers. She disputes that anything like that is under discussion, so we're not going to talk about that. That's good, so we don't have to rename the show Firing Line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, there are enough other things going on. And uh, we decided to focus on developments a bit closer to home. This week, it's down to the wire in Sacramento. The legislature has to get bills to the governor's desk by the end of August, which is just around the corner. And we decided to focus on one bill, Assembly Bill 1951. That gives you some idea of the hundreds, actually thousands of bills that the legislature considers each session. The bill, which is authored by Assemblyman Patrick O'Donnell from Long Beach, who is also chair of the Assembly Education Committee, would give districts the option to swap the state's 11th grade standardized tests in English and math, known as the Smarter Balanced Assessments, for the SAT or ACT. And as all of you know, those tests are typically used for college admissions purposes. That's right. The bill that would give districts a choice has passed the Assembly and probably will be approved by the Senate before going to Governor Jerry Brown. But it faces formidable opposition from the state's two top education leaders, State Superintendent of Public Instruction Tom Torlakson and Michael Kirst, Brown's longtime advisor and president of the State Board of Education, and they have the governor's ear. One of the districts that's been pushing to get this option of administering the SAT or ACT instead of the Smarter Balanced Test is Long Beach Unified, led by its superintendent, Christopher Steinhauser. John, you talked with another Christopher from the district, Christopher Lund. That's right. Lund is the district's assistant superintendent for research, planning, evaluation, and school improvement. Long Beach is the state's third largest district, and it's been providing the SAT at its own expense for every junior in the district. So I asked Lon, why is this bill so important to the district, and how would it benefit students? Well, Assembly Bill 1951 allows school districts to offer the SAT or the ACT in place of the state assessment in grade 11. So we hold the Smarter Balance Assessment in high regard, especially in grades 3 through 8. It's really in grade 11 where we feel that our students would benefit from having an SAT result to support them with their college aspirations, college and career readiness. So what the SAT provides is basically an important part of the college admission process, whereas the Smarter Balance Assessment is really used to inform course placement at strictly the California State University system. The SAT, which can also be used for course placement across you know, a whole range of universities, is really a primary tool for college admissions. So, Chris, you've been offering the SAT to your students for how many years? For three years now. So what impact have you seen after three years? Well, just by the fact that our students now have an SAT score, more than a thousand additional students are now meeting the CSU requirements than two years ago. So these students two years ago prior to having an SAT score available to them may not have been able to meet the minimum eligibility requirements to apply to a CSU. 
The CSU requires, based on a minimum eligibility index, to qualify based on your GPA and or an SAT or ACT score. So without that score, your eligibility index is automatically lower, and you may not be able to earn admission into uh, a CSU. With those scores, as I said, more than 1,000 additional students are now meeting that minimum eligibility. When combined with our A to G rates that are also improving, it just opens the door for that possibility for students to consider a four-year university. Can you measure the impact on scores? So we're seeing notable progress across years. So for example, our students that just finished this past year, their SAT scores on average improved 90 plus points from their administration of their PSAT in grade 10. Some students on average were improving 120 points, some students 200 points. So we're seeing you know, notable progress as students have taken these assessments each year to demonstrate their, their proficiency around meeting benchmarks and improving their total score. Knowing that this also is an assessment that's slightly different in construct, so getting used to those assessments with that full suite helps our students be better prepared when they finally take the SAT. So we mentioned pre-SAT. It's important to know that there is no smarter balance test in ninth and 10th grade. Does it sort of fill in that void that you go from 8th grade all of a sudden to 11th grade? That's correct. And in addition, it helps our high schools also, from an accountability standpoint, measure these key areas of reading and math that historically they've only had in grade 11. So you mentioned accountability. One of the arguments is that the SAT is not aligned to the common core standards. And so the SAT is not measuring what we expect students to learn. My counter argument to that would be the redesigned SAT made extensive efforts to really align some of the key shifts we see in common core so the incorporation of primary source documents into the assessment. You know, these were all part of Common Core and the Common Core shifts. I know that they've undergone a peer review, so we're confident that the, what's being assessed is really what's being taught in our classrooms as well. The other objection, this comes from some disability rights groups, is that they're concerned that they won't get the accommodations for their students that they currently get under Smarter Balanced that there's no assurance that if they take the SAT, they'll get the same form of assistance. Yeah, so the SAT is moving towards an online assessment similar to Smarter Balance. I know they have some plans to make that part of their testing. Currently, it is a paper and pencil administration. What we have found is that our students that require some form of accommodation have been able to get those accommodations. And I'm assuming that if the bill passes, your juniors might be happy and not having to take one more test? I will say there's a fair amount of test fatigue that our students experience in 11th grade, obviously with the SAT, which they would historically have taken on a Saturday or perhaps multiple administrations. Having it available to them during the school year makes that one step easier for them. But 11th grade is also the year that they often take multiple AP exams. The Smarter Balance test just doesn't have that same value for them. It doesn't help them get into college, and they know that. Thanks very much, Chris. Enjoyed talking to you and be interesting to see what happens to the bill. And if it doesn't pass this year, I'm I'm assuming Superintendent Steinhauser and you will be back at it again next year. (laughs) We will keep uh, plugging at it. Uh, We're pleased with what came out of the assembly with a unanimous vote. Thanks, Chris. All right. You're welcome.
We were just speaking with Christopher Lund, Assistant Superintendent of Long Beach Unified, and now we have on the line Michael Kirst, President of the State Board of Education and one of the most vocal opponents of the bill that would give districts the option of giving the SAT or the ACT as opposed to the Smarter Balanced Assessment. Mike, could you just tell us briefly, what are your main objections to this notion? And it's getting quite a lot of support in the legislature. So uh, (laughs) I don't know if you feel you're swimming upstream at this point. Well, my major arguments are that the SAT or ACT, for example, are designed for admissions and selection to colleges and universities. And in California, only 8% of the high school graduates go to a competitive, highly competitive University of California system. And so it's designed for one purpose, admission selection. The Smarter Balance is designed to align with the Common Core curriculum and what is taught in schools. Uh, The American Education Research Association stresses that you don't use a test designed for one purpose and then turn it around if it's and use it for another purpose for which the test was never designed. So that's, I think, a major point. Several studies find that the SAT-ACT is not aligned with the Common Core. These are studies by Achieve, the state of Florida. Given this, then, I think it's important to point out that I believe Smarter Balance is a much better assessment of what students know and be able to do than ACT-SAT. SAT, for example, is a paper and pencil test, and it uses an old-fashioned essay uh, rather than a performance exam, which is used by Smarter Balance. So it is, to me, an old-fashioned test. Ours is computer-adaptive. Each st- uh, student takes his own, uh, her, her own test. So that when a student answers a question correctly, then it pushes on to the next level, or if they answer it incorrectly, then it goes to a lower level. And so you really, that's what you mean by computer adaptive, right? Yes. If you're answering questions pretty easily, we'll give you harder questions through the computer. And if you're really struggling, we'll give you easier questions. The SAT is an old-fashioned, what we call closed-end paper and pencil test, pick one of four or five, very old technology. Uh, the College Board responds that, in fact, the newly designed SAT really is pretty much aligned to the Common Core, Mike. There's no independent verification of that, and there's no independent review of their study. So you're looking at the claims of a test vendor, uh, which makes money on each test. The other thing that SAT offers, which is the PSAT for 9th and 10th grade. There is no Smarter Balance test for 9th and 10th. You go from 8th grade to 11th, and that creates a big void, and so it doesn't send any signals to students how they're progressing, which, in fact, the PSAT does. Yeah, but PSAT, you don't know what kind of signals it's sending. You can't do much with it as a teacher, and so I don't think it's terribly useful for instructional improvement. If that's the big problem, we could add a 10th grade test if uh, there was a lot of demand for that. We've had a lot of pushback on adding tests. So are we going to require the PSAT in 10th grade? Otherwise, you have some students taking it and others not. You get into this whole issue, of course, of cram schools, where if all these students are taking SAT, ACT, I would think the wealthy parents will just double down on the cram schools. And our students won't have any, a lot of them won't have the ability to cram for PSAT. 
So yeah. about a year ago, you and Tom Torlickson, state superintendent, sent a letter to the University of California to ask them to consider making using the Smarter Balanced as a college entrance exam. Have you heard back from them? Yes, we have heard back. We've had two meetings with the Boards of Admissions, which is a faculty group for the University of California. We've also met with the University of California Faculty Senate Group, and we have met with the Admissions Committee of the California State University. All of these uh, bodies indicate they want more follow-up, and the University of California has commissioned an independent study through the University of California at Davis of the predictive value for freshman grades and college success for both Smarter Balanced and SAT ACT. So they've also invited us back to another meeting this fall, and we're all pursuing it with CSU as well. So they understand that this would be part of uh, Smarter Balanced of what they call a comprehensive admissions process. As you know, they just don't look at grades and test scores anymore. They also look at various other factors. And so they're really looking very hard at this. And I expect we can move forward on this, hopefully, within the next year. So the reason I ask that, Mike, is that as good a test as a Smarter Balance may be for 11th grade, there's a question whether or not students take it seriously because there's no personal stake in it as opposed to SAT and ACT, which gets them into college. There's nothing personal at stake, and so, A, is it useful to these students, and why try? We're concerned about that, too, and that's why we have pursued this uh, initiative. We've talked with literally hours about this with numerous uh, decision makers, particularly faculty, at both the CSU and UC. You've talked about specific objections, and you haven't talked about the disability accommodations, which is another objection to it. But the people in the field, superintendents and principals, they're saying this is really important as a matter of equity. We're getting more kids in the college. We're raising their SAT, making them more competitive. Sounds like a strong argument, Mike. They are all assuming that there's no chance that smarter balance will not be used by higher education. And I'm contending that there is a good chance of that and therefore that this is the wrong road to get down to. And even if you have the feelings you mentioned by the local educators, can they possibly wait a year for this? And why rush it now? Why does it have to be done immediately now? Okay. Well, we've been talking with Mike Kirst, president of the State Board of Education, has been president for the last eight years. He's second tenure on the board. And Mike, you're going to be on the board for how many more months? Uh, my last meeting is January of 2019. We look forward to talking with you perhaps before you step down to get some of your overall reflections. Well, thank you for having me. That was Mike Kirst, president of the State Board of Education, is probably the most influential voice in terms of having Governor Brown's ear on this. And of course, Governor Brown has total power as to whether to sign this or not. John, what's your prediction as to what the governor is going to do? I think you just implied that prediction. I think the governor, who really has never really cared much about assessments in the first place, will take Mike's recommendation. But the funny thing is, next year, the governor won't be around, Mike Kirst won't be around, or Tom Torlickson. They're all retiring. So Patrick O'Donnell can bring this back again for a whole new cast. And we'll have a new governor by that time.
Well, that just about wraps it up for this week in California education. Thanks to our sponsor, the S.D. Bechtel Jr. Foundation. Our producer is Shuka Kalantari. Our music is from Nate Schwartz Jazz Orchestra. We also have music from EdSource's own Justin Allen. You can find us on iTunes and at edsource.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>